Hello, and you're listening to the First Community Podcast, where we talk about life and faith with our First Baptist family. I'm April Adams. And I'm Caroline Roberts. And today we're going to be talking about identity, where you place your identity. And so, Caroline, if you turn on the news, you'll see that people are talking about sexual identity, gender identity, political identity, even corporate identity. Corporate identity. It's just, we seem to be a culture that's obsessed with that. Where do we place ourselves? Where do we find our, our worth and where we, you know, where we want to be, what we want to achieve, what goals we have. We're a very goal-oriented mm-hmm. society. Yeah. Which, it's good, but yeah. it could yeah. be bad. And that, that word's really key, worth. Worth. Because our identity, our self-worth is tied into where we place our identity, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, and so I can think about growing up, um, you know, you, first of all, your identity is like where your fam- who your family is. And you start to get identified by that. Where they came from. Mm-hmm. And then uh, what, you're, what they're involved in and what you're involved in. And, you know, like your parents say, you know, when you go out, you carry our name. So... You know, that's how you conduct yourself, by our name. And then you start to find out what your talents are and what your gifts are. You know, I loved sports as a kid, and so that became really? part of it. Yes, <laughs> Believe it or I not. <laughs> I did. I, I played sports a lot. I mean that in the kindest way possible. <laughs> I just love tacos and pizza more now. <laughs> See how we have changed in our, our identity? Has yeah. <laughs> As we begin to discover who we are yes. mm-hmm. and uh, branch out and express ourselves in different ways. Yes, very much. I mean, I was kind of an artistic kid too, but growing up in a small town, though, what's encouraged, the sports was always more encouraged. So mm. it was a lot easier to attach yourself to athletics than mm. you know something weird like right. painting. Yeah. I always identified myself as the... Um, the bookworm, the the serious kid, the one who took everything seriously, and the overachiever. Oh, I got that so many times, mm-hmm. and I kind of prided myself in it. You know, mm-hmm. once I was identified by someone else as a as an overachiever, I find a lot of worth in that. You know, teacher's pet. Oh, yeah, that was me. <laughs> You're the kid that reminded the teacher that. They forgot to check homework. And did that on a regular oh, basis. Oh my gosh, I would have hated you. <laughs> <laughs> but see, we're friends now, so yeah. obviously, <laughs> see, obviously things have changed. changed. <laughs> yes, we do not go to class together. <laughs> and isn't it, it's so interesting that, that your identity sometimes, I mean, it seems to change as you as you grow and you discover, you discover who you are. And that's something that's very big in society is expressing yourself, discovering who you are. And, mm-hmm. and we're encouraged to express ourselves and we're encouraged to identify ourselves with something. And mm-hmm. oftentimes that identity is just placed in the, the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and to, some, to some degree, it's not bad, but it mm-hmm. becomes detrimental when that becomes what we place our faith in. Absolutely. Because all that stuff, if you're an athlete, eventually your body's going to give out mm-hmm. and you're not going to be able to play. Um, even as an artist, you might get stuck in a rut mm-hmm. or the overachiever might fail to achieve and, that one, and then you crisis mode yeah. at that point. And so even, even being in the church, mm-hmm. you know, we think we're doing a good work 
whether you're a Bible study teacher, or you're part of the choir, mm-hmm. you sing, or you play an instrument, or you're doing things for the Lord, we can even, instead of placing our identity in Christ, we place our identity in the things that we do in the church. And we label that as our ministry. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes we, we put our identity in where our ministry is. And oftentimes that identity comes from what we think we're good at. Or if we discover that we're good at something, then we'll work to better ourselves mm-hmm. there, which is great until we seek to find satisfaction and we're only content when we're doing those things well Mm -hmm. and that becomes like you said very detrimental when we don't do those things well because we will fail Mm -hmm. because we will make mistakes and because we will um not see fruit and that can be so discouraging Mm -hmm. when you've placed your worth in seeing fruit and you've placed your worth in doing things to see results yeah. Um, so how freeing is it to know that there's another option? Yeah. And I mean, that's and that's the question, because I think a lot of us know with our heads that our identity should be placed in Christ. Absolutely. Like, first of all, we have that the identity as a creation mm-hmm. of God. Made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. And then as a believer, mm-hmm. we we put on we put on Christ. Absolutely. Christian is was was a derogatory term at first mm-hmm. as little Christ, but that's what we are to be. Mm-hmm. And so so we know that, but it's hard to not fall into the rut. Mm-hmm. And so what are some ways that we cannot fall into the rut? Gosh, well, recognition and awareness yes. of who we are in Christ. And mm-hmm. that that's something that doesn't come from us. I mean, we have to discipline ourselves to prayer and we have to discipline ourselves to getting deeper in the word and finding out who is this God that we are identifying ourselves under? Who is this Christ that we find redemption in? And and Mm -hmm. knowing those things, but striving to understand them more and more and more. And there is always more to be understood. We'll never fully understand who this God is, but he gives us his word and he gives us community and he gives us other people who know him to encourage us and to show us who he is so we mm-hmm. can understand him more. Yeah, and doing those self-checks oh, yeah. during that and saying, you know, what, what am I? What am I placing my faith in? Because mm-hmm. really that's what identity, identity, faith, self-worth, mm-hmm. where our idols are, you know, what God are we serving? All those things are tied in together. Yeah. And so doing those things to asking, asking ourselves the tough questions while we're going through the word mm-hmm. and while we're praying and even saying to God, you know, just like in the Psalm, David says, search me, O God, know my heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, and that's, that's a tough prayer to pray. It absolutely is. I remember I was like 19 years old before I could even like really honestly mm-hmm. pray that. Like it had me so scared even to even get to that point and so um, those are some things and then even before Christ Mm -hmm. we look at the Israelites how their identity was in God like they were God's chosen people Mm -hmm. and so so whenever they would go into a battle or Mm -hmm. go to take a land or anything that they were doing or even just wandering through the desert like that's what it always came back Mm -hmm. to they had problems when they were Forgetting that they were God's people, yeah. but whenever they remembered, they had a lot of success. And they had a lot of protection too. Mm-hmm. David writes a psalm in Psalm forty-six. Um, I guess I'll read that now. He says, "God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. 
Therefore we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And isn't that relevant to us today? We turn on the news and it sounds like, you know, at any moment a bomb could be dropped on us or there's terrorists everywhere. Fear. Yeah, just so much fear. And really, we're not supposed to live in that fear. Absolutely. If we are placing our identity and our trust in God, then we can't be shaken. And there's peace and there's Mm -hmm. freedom. And knowing that this God who knows us and knows our hearts and knows where we've come from and knows all of the the sin and the shame and the guilt that may have, you know, preceded us before we knew Christ. He knew those things and he mm-hmm. knows that we still struggle with those things, yet he still offers us life and offers us freedom in his son and offers us forgiveness over and over again. And it's it's very hard to be um to be enslaved and to be um living in fear when you know those things. Yeah, exactly. And so, if we place our faith in God, put our put on His identity mm-hmm. instead of our own and what we want, then we can't be shaken. Mm-hmm. And so that's such a good word. And be still and know that He is God. He is God, yeah. So our guest today is the teacher for the Always Learning Online Livestream Sunday School class here at First Baptist, as well as wife to Mark and mother to Cliff James and Mary Grace. We want to welcome Janet Ballou. <laughs> So glad to be with you guys today. Yay, thanks for coming. All right, we want to get right into it. Go ahead and start us with your faith story. A little brief synopsis so everybody can get to know you. That is right into it, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, what is my faith story? Um, Thinking back to when I first became a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior um, was when I was five years old. And that, at that time, my parents were missionaries in the Philippines. I remember it being a Sunday afternoon um, and having gr- been privileged to grow up in a home where the Lord was evident in our everyday life, um, just watching him meet all of my parents' needs, um, emotionally and spiritually and physically and financially, knowing that even at a young age, I remember that Sunday afternoon coming to my father. He was sitting in a rocking chair. I remember it being... Um, kind of a dark afternoon. It rains almost every day in the Philippines, so probably it had rained. Um, So there's your picture. So I come to my father and I I asked him um, some questions. And one of the questions I asked him was if everyone in our family were believers. And he, at that time, said no. And I knew in my heart that I was not, because I had not not made that um, decision yet and so I talked to him about that and he led me to the Lord at that point and so it's a really neat thing I know that so some people become believers 
um, they'll go back and say, well, I just wasn't sure when I was a child that that really happened. Um, and this is something that I just know. I know. Mm -hmm. And some of that comes from scripture, from reading later on in the New Testament and knowing that when you accept Christ as your Savior, He puts the seal of the Holy Spirit on your life. And that's not something that I can shoo away when I want to have a bad day. <laughs> it's something that is permanent. And probably that has allowed me to go back as a five-year-old and say, yes, I'm certain at that point that I became a believer. And from that point, you know, I remember the first time I read the book of Matthew through. I was just a young girl, and that was exciting. And I remember just sitting down and reading it all the way through that one afternoon. I thought, I want to do this more. Um, now, that sounds like a great story, but I had all my ups and downs. Yeah. <laughs> Those times when I thought uh, things of the world were just, had more to offer mm -hmm. than, um, than the Lord. And that sounds really terrible, but that's kind of the way some of us live when we drift away from the Lord. And I remember um, in high school not walking with the Lord. I, I do, I remember that. I try to forget that I didn't, but I didn't. And I remember um, a young man asking me uh, when I was doing something and said, I thought you were a Christian. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's the type of thing that will hit you. Yeah, that was such a, a game changer for me. And I thought, well, I am. And I thought, you know, back to uh, the, Sunday, the Sunday school lesson we taught last week. And I said, mm, but my actions are not reflecting my knowledge of God. Mm -hmm. And so I wasn't being a good example of that. And then I remember shortly after that seeing a young woman that I don't, I know her name, but I did not know her at the time. And I remember seeing Christ in her. And I thought, oh, I miss that. That's mm -hmm. what I want. And um, it was that, it was again, it was a Sunday. Isn't that odd? Mm -hmm. And I remember going home and just saying, Lord, it's, it's all about, about you. Mm -hmm. So, and from that point, you know, things have been uh, pretty steady. I still have my times when uh, maybe when the kids were young and life was so busy and not spending enough time with the Lord, but um, always trying to move forward. So that's my faith story. <laughs> Thanks for sharing. And, you know, that was a good service that your father did for you. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. I, I think there's a temptation, especially the people that we're closest to, and even as children, to say, oh, well, you're okay now. Right. But to be able to tell a five-year-old, well, you're not there mm -hmm. yet. <laughs> yeah, when I look back yes. on it, that, that was really uh, probably hard for him to mm -hmm. say. Mm -hmm. But yet, at the same time, I'm sure that he felt the leading of the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. to talk with me about it. So I'm, I'm, I'm positive about that. Yeah, that's great. Well, we are actually, we're here in the Always Learning I know. Studio. <laughs> our little closet. Yes, and we're even sitting in our exact same spaces. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, you know, everybody knows that that's one of the Bible studies that you teach, mm -hmm. and I think you do more. So, you know, how many studies are you teaching, and how did you get into that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so right now, in the spring and in the fall, I do two 13-week Bible studies. Um, one of them is here at First Baptist, and then one is on, on Tuesdays, and then one is on Wednesdays at a home in Spring Valley. Um, and the First Baptist one started just, uh, you know, just the Lord leading and opening an opportunity, and they they wanted more classes, so I asked the Lord. He said yes, and so I did. 
Um, and then the Wednesday one started by um, a beautiful friend, Virginia Reed, who came to me at one Sunday and she said, I, I want you to pray about leading our Wednesday Bible study. And that Wednesday Bible study at that time had been going for, I don't want to exaggerate, 25 to 30 years. These women have all um, raised their children together. They're, mm -hmm. they're, they all have grandchildren, not all of them, well, most of them. Some of them are original to the group. Some have come, some have gone, and some are new. And I thought, two Bible studies in a week. <laughs> and I prayed about it, and I thought, yeah, that, that sounds good. So uh, the Lord led me to do that, so we do that. And then the live Sunday school class came along, and so I put my brain in gear, and I said, well, 26 of those weeks I could teach the same lesson. So that's yep. that's being smart. <laughs> the other weeks, um, I write a new lesson, and the Lord has just been so faithful, um, bringing you April into my life mm -hmm. and Erin, and um, helping with that. And it's just we've just watched the Lord bless that, and that's the the whole purpose of of leading Bible studies for me is to get other people excited about reading the Word on their own, and then coming mm -hmm. together. And sharing what the Lord has taught. So that's been a lot of fun. Was there a second part to that question? I can't remember. I don't think there was. Okay. But um, how do you think growing up on the mission field kind of helped train you, I guess, teach you how to mm. be a teacher? Did that influence at all? You know, I, I believe teaching is one of the gifts that the Lord gives, mm -hmm. you know. And I remember as a young girl playing teacher. Mm. Um, I remember going to, you know, having different opportunities at vacation Bible school, um, that sort of thing. But as a young adult, um, I went to Columbia Bible College, which is now Columbia International University. Um, and I, I honestly, I went there as a, a hideout because that was the time of my life when I was changing. I was not the best student, but that's okay. <laughs> I learned a lot um, about myself. I learned a lot about the Lord. But one of the requirements at the Bible College was a Christian service, and my Christian service at one time was teaching um, lessons, Sunday school lessons. So I learned how to create lessons and how to teach lessons, and and uh, I have found things in my life that have affirmed that the Lord wanted me to teach. Like uh, sometimes when I'm sitting in a class and someone else is teaching, I really had to fight that urge not to take over mm -hmm. <laughs> or not to say too much. Or um, And so most of the time when these opportunities came along, like the Tuesday and Wednesday and the, the Sunday, it, I was already itching for to be used by the Lord and, and having that affirmation. And my all-time favorite teacher was my dad. Uh, he w truly was a teacher of the Word, and well, I remember him talking to me, and I would say I was going to uh, facilitate a Bible class, and he, he would chuckle, and he'd say, you're going to teach. And I said, no, 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 I'm a facilitator. I, I lead the discussion, and he said, uh-huh, well, you have a good time teaching today. And so having him affirm that teaching gift has been huge on my life. Um, and then, ha of course, having the Lord affirm that over and over. So that's how that came about, with just with growing up and, and knowing all along teaching would be in there somewhere. I didn't want to go to school to be a mm -hmm. teacher. 
Mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, being in school was not my gift. <laughs> but it's a little ironic. Yeah, you teach, I but. know. But we'll get if you ask me the right question, I can tell you about how that happened. So, yeah, yeah. How did you go from bad student to good teacher? <laughs> and then, you know, it's a very simple answer. It's that when I realized, um, especially you know, through scripture that the Lord, when we when we become believers, He instills in us the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the best teacher mm-hmm. ever. Um, you can have, I know, I know people who have had no Bible training whatsoever. Um, and yet when they talk about the Word, it is so clear and so impacted on their life because of the time that they have spent in the Word, allowing the Holy Spirit to teach them. And, you know, so I just encourage people, when you want to read the Word, you just get into it yourself and read it and see what God has to say to you because He longs to speak to us and He longs for us to be in His Word. And so that's what gets me excited is when um, a student of the Word realizes, "Ah, if I was in a remote place and had nothing but the Lord and my Bible and my prayer, I could be a student of the Word. And I could be the best student because I had the Holy Spirit indwelling in me. And that, for me, levels the playing ground. Wow. You know, I can sit mm-hmm. in the room with, with a pastor. I can sit in the room with a believer of 50 years. I can sit in the room with a believer of two years and feel equal because mm-hmm. of that indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's interesting, too, because, you know, earlier we were talking about our identity in Christ and our identity mm-hmm. um the identity that we have placed on us, first of all, by being created in the image of God, but also the identity we have um, in light of who Christ is. Absolutely. And, and it's cool, I think, to hear your story and hear how, you know, maybe not having the traditional training as a teacher per se, but mm-hmm. being a believer, we're all given that identity of of knowing Christ and and, you know, being saved by Him, but the identity of now you have this responsibility to share and to to learn and I don't know could you speak on that yeah it doesn't stop there does it (laughs) yeah and certainly knowing you know coming to that realization as as a believer and you're having that indwelling the Holy Spirit and you're standing in 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 front of God that you just when you come to that realization and then you get to go past go Mm -hmm. beyond that and you start growing and you know it's we, we don't we don't want as believers to be stagnant that's so easy to yeah, do easy. or to just be the sponge mm. that's um, absorbing so yeah so it's so important for us to always grow whether it's uh, individually certainly always individually but then through other means also fellowship with believers mm-hmm. going to church or if you're not able to go to church which so many are not for yeah. so many reasons than um, picking up the phone and, and just calling a friend that's a believer and say, can we just spend some time on the phone together? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, let's say somebody is in a rut, mm-hmm. like besides some of those things, how, like one, maybe how do you continue to grow mm-hmm. and go deeper with your relationship and how would you encourage others to do yeah. that? And there have been many ruts, <laughs> uh, you know, more ruts than I, than I want to um, think about. And it's something that's easy to happen. You know, your life might get busy. It might get busy with school or 
raising your children or and, and all of these things are good there's nothing wrong with those um, but it's when we don't intentionally but we do try to do it without the Lord mm-hmm. um, and I, I'm talking more than just that quick prayer in the morning it's prayer and Bible study mm-hmm. and I really prefer the word Bible study to um, quiet time and, and I only say that because um, when you're doing a Bible study, you're truly um, getting into the Word and getting into that the context and the who, what, where, when, and why, and and then going into how does that apply. Um, so when you're when you're in a rut or when I'm in a rut, I have to acknowledge it, mm-hmm. and that's the hardest first part. Step. Yeah, first step. <laughs> first step of recovery <laughs> is acknowledging that that there's an issue and that issue needs to be corrected, and it and it's not doesn't just need to. Do I want to correct it? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have to come to that, yes, uh, I long for that fellowship um, with the Lord. Um, and then, you know, for someone else, I think it's the same way. Yes, if you mm-hmm. don't feel like you are growing in the Lord and feel as such a, a I want to be careful with that word, but if you don't see evidence in your life that you're growing in yeah. the Lord, then then just make it a mini Sunday and come before the Lord and just... Thank him for all that he has done for you and focus on him and then just say, you know, Lord, speak to me and show me what changes do I need to make. And they're not going to be the same changes as um, Tommy Joe down the road or yeah. Mary Ellen. It's going to be the changes for Janet Ballou. Mm-hmm. What, what changes does Janet need to make to cause her walk with the Lord to be continuous and not continuous, but to grow? Mm-hmm. in the Lord yeah yeah because we're all different mm-hmm. we are and so that growth is going to look different mm-hmm. what we're called to do mm-hmm. is different Absolutely. yeah well I might have the most important question <laughs> all right here okay I like right. my coffee with a little cream <laughs> <laughs> this is along those lines okay uh if you could build your dream taco what would it be? <laughs> oh you know what I really like I love um, fish tacos. I'm hmm. trying to think where is it's on uh, Divine Street. Help me out. Um, Cantina. Yes. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> One of our There's yes. something about the seasoning that they yeah. put on those fish tacos and then that sauce and oh it is so good and I always order more than I can eat but I always eat the whole thing. Yeah, And if you don't you can take it home. No you eat the whole thing. <laughs> None of this taste. It doesn't taste the same if you take it home. <laughs> so I go ahead and eat the whole thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. might as well enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, while we're closing, Janet, maybe could you just um, explain to our listeners how they can get plugged into a Sunday school class and maybe even this always learning class? Sure. Sure. If you are... Um, wanting to come down to church and attend church. We have several uh, help desks that you can come to, and they have the list of all the Sunday school classes and that we offer. And they're online as well. Yeah, oh, good. And they're online also, and so you could look ahead of time. Um, and the important thing is finding a class that um, they, they are all good teachers, so finding a class that you're comfortable in. Um, it may be your age group, but it, it may not be. I mean, mm-hmm. um, it, it really shouldn't matter, but sometimes it does because sometimes it's what you're mm-hmm. going through at that time. Yeah. If you're raising young children, chances are you're going to be want to be in a Sunday school class with 
um, people that are raising young children. And, and I, Mark and I had that, and we did that. I also did like being in classes with older people older than us because of the advice and the wisdom that they had. And as far as the Always Learning class that is live on Sunday mornings from 10 to 10.30, you can go to alwayslearning.church. I have to, always have to yes. think about that. Yes. Alwayslearning.church um, and watch it. But the nice thing is they're archived. Mm -hmm. So if you are not able to start at 10, you know, at our time, you can always watch any of the archived lessons and tune in with us then. We yeah. did go live on Facebook yes, last Sunday. Successfully. <laughs> and that was that was exciting to be able to do that. But I'll tell you that still the exciting part is is being used by the Lord. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with Aaron, April or I or the pastor or it, it is all about um, being having that joy and being used by the Lord. Mm -hmm. So right. there you go. Well, thank you so much for taking your time on um, this Labor Day to share with us and, and share with um, our community your faith story. Um, and it's just very encouraging to hear how the Lord has worked in your life and is mm -hmm. continuing to work in your life. And thank I know you. I've learned a lot listening to you today. So thank, thank you. I've loved being here with you guys. Yes. Thank you. Thanks for coming, and everybody else, we'll see you next week. Be sure to go to fbccola.com to check out our Sunday school classes, our Always Learning online class, <laughs> or anything else that's going on First Baptist-wise. We'll see you later. Bye.